Curiosity Collective Podcast, and I'm Deepika. As the lockdown continues in India, we reached out to iCall, an initiative of the Tata Institute of Social Sciences. It's a service that provides professional and free counseling through telephone, email, and chat. On Sunday, April 19th, 27 people joined in as we spoke to Aparna Joshi, who's an assistant professor at TIS and project director of iCall, and her colleague, Tanuja Babre who's the coordinator of iCall. The idea was to understand the psychosocial impact of the coronavirus and how it's affecting what we're feeling and how we're responding. And more specifically, it was to look at and talk about care and what collective care really means in this time. So we began the conversation by asking Aparna, what is the psychosocial approach? How is it different from mental health? And how do we understand what's happening in terms of COVID-19 using this lens? want to differentiate between mental health and psychosocial discourse also. That's also an important distinction. Uh, I suspect that the mental health discourse is going to take a front seat very soon. We have been dialoguing with several development organizations, governments, NGOs to talk about psychosocial care, but everybody understands mental health. Unfortunately, it's very diagnostic, very sometimes pathological, very illness-driven. Whereas psychosocial distress or psychosocial framework is a very different framework. First of all, I think our assumption is our psyches are not floating somewhere in the in vacuum, but they are situated in the social context in which all of us are embedded. And these currently are not only context of the disease, but I think three impacts that the disease has had on all of us, and I will talk about it later on more in detail. But apart from the health care, it is also creating other effects. For example, information, misinformation is one. Isolation is another one. The lockdown itself has some impact. And the last one is also uncertainty about future. All of this is also linked with developmental issues of poverty, job loss, or domestic violence, or substance withdrawal, or caste, or religious politics, all of that. So it's not just situated within the individual, it is situated within the context of all of this that is happening interpersonally, communally, socially and globally also. So therefore, the link between the individual and social has to be understood, therefore psychosocial. But I think needless to say that if we understand this distress, this anxiety, this panic, psychosocially, the response also has to be integrated and cannot be individualistic or taking care of individual anxieties. That is very much a step needed, but I think we need to fix what is happening socially, globally, and at the country level also. That's why psychosocial. So we, when understanding or conceptualizing people's narratives, take care of not only listening to what's happening within the individual, but what's happening around the individual. Some of the dominant scripts of how women in COVID times, for example, should take care of household in ordinary circumstances, but now doubly. Yeah. So even such small examples, uh, we are listening to all of that and we are not listening to them passively. But while responding to those, we are not only unpacking people's internal phenomena such as cognitions, thought, 
but also linking people to say hey some of these scripts that you are using are not just your own scripts but they seem to have filtered through these larger structures that is one example of what psychosocial truly means but the second example through i call we are also trying to demonstrate how psychosocial services need to be delivered also in an integrated fashion so if people call us we are not just providing emotional support to them which we do that is the job of i call but we are also asking them what other help they require so if they require food if they require shelter if they require safety if they require uh, you know some help for violence if they require us to connect to some ground level services we are mobilizing all of that if there is violence we are mobilizing help so we are not just helping the individual but also the several factors or barriers that are existing at different levels of ecologies and we are trying to provide an integrated care um so what you're saying basically is that the lens helps us understand that we're all living in a particular context and because we're living in that particular context we can't think of ourselves in isolation from all the things affecting us and you mentioned use you mentioned distress that everyone's feeling um could you also speak to so and again you touched upon care and how you can't then therefore respond to care in isolation but if you could explain so would you assume would you approach care in a way that you know is therefore multilayered and web so would you say that care is just as distress is something that is because of the social context we live in therefore care as well is connected to those same webs and how do you view that absolutely and uh, i think we will talk about care uh, as the conversation develops but i just want to definitely say that uh, while we are focusing on individual care health care first of all i think it's extremely important to integrate psychosocial care and we have been logging lobbying with several governments organizations to say that right now the health care seems to be very very important but please integrate psychosocial aspect but as i said that it cannot be pitched only at an individual level and it cannot be about fixing emotions it cannot be about fixing thoughts or fixing behaviors which are situated within the individual but it is also fixing networks it is also fixing domestic violence it is also fixing households it is also about fixing jobs it's also fixing the discrimination which is initiated against certain communities because of social perceptions and it's also not just self care which is a very privatization of care but it has to be a community care where all of us come together as against the languaging of warriors and fights i think if we can create a language of community care i think that will go that uh, will that will help us in a long way I think that really brings um into the next question uh which is what are the kinds of calls you've noticed uh, in terms of i call and what i calls have been receiving what are the changes you observed before the lockdown and now uh we have been working a lot in terms of concerns related to domestic violence increased conflicts within families um you may be stuck with family uh, and not be getting along with them or uh especially if you are living with them um for such a long duration after a long period of time um students who may be forced back to the home uh women who uh they may not be conflict or they may not be violence but at the same time struggling to negotiate with family members loved ones uh the responsibilities of household work managing working from home on top of it um caring for children caring for family members um uh we also a um, lot of concerns that coming in with requests for food for grocery um concerns related to feeling suicidal extreme um 
concerned with regards to uh, maybe uh, engaging in self harm non suicidal self harm um even getting uh, a couple of requests from uh, migrant workers who may be stuck away from home um in exploring the sources uh, whether they can go back home or how is it that they can go back home we've been working with clients who um are struggling to negotiate rents with their landlords uh, are struggling um, to negotiate who uh, are medical healthcare workers who are struggling uh, because there will be discrimination stigma violence from other members who are living in the community um and at the same time we are also getting a lot of concerns from clients who may not be affected by something which is happening right now but the anxiety of what is coming next um and what this lockdown will bring and how is it that um they will um get through it you know um and and all of these concerns if you see i mean of course distress is a huge component for why they choose to reach out to us um but they're so um so you know connected with their social environment so connected with what is happening around them um and their feeling of helplessness sort of increases because you feel you don't have control over what is happening around you I think that's a nice segue into uh, what we actually wanted to focus on in this conversation which is looking at care and when you talk about care and you all have explained also how we're all part of a larger ecosystem and a larger social context and space so there's multiple things that affect us um but if you could now speak specifically to understanding what the role of care is in this time because we're all like you said experienced multiple levels of distress um but speaking to it at the level of individually what does that look like at the community level what does that look like and at at a larger level in terms of our connections to you know vulnerable groups that you mentioned what does that mean and how do we actually practice connection right now even going by my own personal experience of um surviving the past few days um or floating through it um i think it's it's been really i mean it's it's led to a lot of questioning as to how we understand care or how we make meaning of care for ourselves um i also feel that when we talk about self care i mean it's also a lot of times you know um a very upper class or a very privileged version of it to take a vacation or uh have a spa day or uh, you know not not everybody has the opportunity or not everybody has the resources to be able to do that um so i think we really had to define and redefine care and what it looks like for different communities for different intersections um given the kind of identity that i come from uh it, again i think going back to what we were saying earlier that when we're looking at care um uh, it's not only just uh making meaning of how i look after myself emotionally or even physically um it's it's even things that how i continue to carry on my connections with others how i how i choose to respond when there is um stigma discrimination around me um how i choose to self educate myself with regards to what is going on around me uh how i choose to consume content um with regards to what is going on um i mean everything that is happening right um so so um i think we have sort of been even through i call um really having the conversation as to uh with different people about what care means to them and uh what is the importance of having this personalized care routine or um engaging in self care um i think very interesting thing to also focus on is 
see, in a way, the healthcare system is also talking about self-care. Like right now, more than ever, the focus is on also how is it that you identify your own symptoms? How is it that you pay attention to what you're feeling physically? Um, how is it that you sort of go on to um, maybe, um, you know, recognize those symptoms in yourself and go on to seek care uh, for yourself? So be- making people more self-aware and making people <coughs> responsibility on people themselves for their own care. Um, so um, I think we are hearing messages about self-care, not only from um friends, loved ones, maybe a therapist or uh, maybe the communities that we live in. Uh, But um, I think people now are more in charge or have been put in charge of um, focusing on their own well-being or focusing on their own health. Um, I mean, even messages related to cleanliness or um, sort of your physical workout or um, having the kind of food that is important for you. Um, I would look at all of that as self-care you know because it's not only um curative but it's also preventive um and and it's very difficult to sort of balance both of those things uh because if you don't do enough of either of them um it could lead to you experiencing distress but i think while taking care of oneself i think we are at i call very mindful of what resources are available to people in terms of taking care of themselves also when you ask social distancing to a household where there are 15 people staying in a small room one has to be very very careful what measures of self care do you suggest also number one number two self care is also linked with the power that you have for example if you ask somebody to stick to the routine but if you ask a woman who, who is already continuing with the routine for 20 hours and working for others, self-care has to be different for this woman. Then self-care has to be for this woman to take some time for herself. That is self-care and not just do the routine. So I think adaptations of self-care is also extremely important. And we also have to include safety in self-care. Uh, keeping oneself emotionally, internally safe in terms of suicide, self-care, or self-harm, or distress, and also interpersonally safe in terms of violence or some kind of a discrimination. So I think all of that is self-care. We're also telling people, please be grateful. I think COVID-19 has brought in goodness, but it has also brought in not so good picture of human nature also and I feel that the privileged unfortunately sometimes don't understand what the privileges are so it's time to be grateful about the privileges one enjoys at a macro level I feel and by macro I mean at a community level at a governmental level or at a health response level I just want to say two or three things one is if you look at WHO's definition of mental health it's not an individualistic definition it says optimal utilization of your potential but Balanced by notions of justice and connection and societal balance or societal kind of a non-discrimination. So I think we need to aspire for that mental health is first. Second, care has to be integrated. It cannot be just taking care of your mental health. Again, people require jobs. People require livelihood. People require ration. People require safety from domestic violence. I think care has to include all of that. And that is why we are trying to do that at ICOL. Another thing is self-care and caring for others is not antithetical. You can do both. yeah, And you need to balance both right now. 
just a few advantages that I just wanted to talk about in terms of caring for others and community. One is I think all psychology shows that if you care for others, the reward pathways get clicked in your brain and they lead to a warm glow of psychosociality in you. And uh, I think two other advantages is psychology shows that if you care for others, if you help other people uh, regulate their emotions, it helps you regulate your emotions. Yeah? Particularly people who are facing anxiety and depression, research shows that there is a lot of self-preoccupation, not self-centeredness, a lot of self-preoccupation. At that time, if you actually focus on others' pain, it helps you manage your attention and your emotions and it gains another perspective. So there are actual definitions and actual evidences to show that if you're depressed, get out of your self-preoccupation. Easy for me to say, easy to do, I understand. But if you push yourself, it is beneficial uh, to you. And uh, right now, all of us are living in virtual bubbles. My clients are telling me that I was dreading lockdown. Now I'm dreading lifting of lockdown because I've lost life skills. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know whether I'll be able to drive. I don't know whether I'll be able to walk. So please start connecting right now to build your real muscle and let the virtual bubble shrink. Yeah, That is why also connections are important. And there is already uh, research to show that power uh, of gratitude and uh, power of happiness and all of these are contagious emotions. So if we can do that, last but not the least, balance self-care with others. If you don't do that, it may create its own set of problems. If you or someone you know needs support or to access help, reach out to iCall on their special COVID-19 helpline, 915-298-7820. I repeat, 915-298-7820. They're available from Monday to Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can also visit the resource page on our website, www.thecuriositycollective.org, for details of organizations you can support who are working with very vulnerable groups. In our next episode, one of TCC's co-founders, Arpita, will examine what being quiet means in the time of COVID-19 lockdowns, what it's evoked, and how it connects us to the planet. She'll also reflect on the choices we can make when we re-emerge into the world. So join us then. This episode has been made with the support of Srinidhi Raghavan and produced by the Bangalore Recording Company.